The Nonprofit Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders, with interviews, profiles, and documentaries. This is the Nonprofit Hour show from the Media Institute for Social Change. I'm Jason Dennington. This week's episode, we're having a celebration of the Nonprofit Hour show. We just turned two years old, and the Media Institute has now been around for 10 years. And in recognition of that, we just hosted last Thursday at Mississippi Pizza our third annual gather event which is the annual fundraiser for the Media Institute for Social Change to support some of the work that the Media Institute does, such as Radio U and their summer program, which bring us regular stories from student producers. And in the second half of the show, we'll be revisiting a interview that was the show's very first. But now to listen in to our very first live interview. Here's Phil Bussey from Mississippi Pizza. is all about humanizing people sharing human experiences in a group and it's not just entertainment but you're truly making it interactive if a studio looked at that film they would just you know they would throw it out they wouldn't even think twice about it this is really the same work it's the same social justice work it's just got a different perspective on that work they're not being proactive in looking at why this happens and how they support that happening. But for some kids, it's music. Music is a thing that's going to give them that spark that's going to keep them engaged and excited about school and can carry them through. Uh, but it was really mainly a community-led effort. The ancient traditions of sacred spaces were that they were community places. Um, it is fantastic, and it, it makes me feel better for the future. This is Phil Bussey. I am the co-host for the Media Institute for Social Changes Nonprofit Hour. I'm really pleased today to be joined at our annual gather event and our first attempt at a live recording coming uh, from you from Mississippi Pizza. Uh, Kim Irvin, you are the senior communication strategist. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Senior social media strategist. Um, Sorry to go dyslexic on that one a little (laughs) bit. and, And with Pyramid Communications. Correct. So let's let's start out with what is, who are Pyramid Communications? Pyramid Communications is a communication, strategic communications um, and creative firm based in both in the Northwest. Um, we've got offices in Seattle and here in Portland. And we basically help with kind of strategic communications for nonprofits and social good causes. We work a lot with, um, you know, nonprofit clients, government agencies, foundations, Kind of, uh, we're, we're B Corp, so we work a lot with kind of, kind of businesses that are interested in doing social good, broadly speaking. Um, and we help from a variety of things, from kind of creative development, brand awareness and branding, to uh, kind of government relations, a little bit of everything. So we're really rooted um, in, in kind of doing good work. And, and how long have you been with them? I've been there a little over two and a half years now. And we're going to get to that a little bit more, like in those two and a half years, like a lot has already changed. Already, yes. Which is which is Every crazy, day. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and we'll talk about what it, what has changed and what has stayed the same. But I want to let's take a little bit of a running leap into that. So you actually started your career in radio. I did at KEXP in Seattle. The the, the wonderful, the great. lovely KEXP. Yes. Uh, how did you How did you get started there? Um, I actually, you know, 
studied journalism in college and was always kind of motivated and driven by the sort of importance of public broadcasting and community broadcasting. And so I got drawn there um, as an intern. And so I kind of interned and worked in a variety of different capacities and spent, ended up spending four years there kind of cultivating, you know, as any nonprofit sort of worker knows, you end up wearing a lot of different hats and recognizing a lot of needs and you just go and try to fill, fill the gaps and, and worked in a, lot, a variety of different kind of donor fundraising elements of the station. And I, I find it really interesting on online, on your online uh, bio for Pyramid Communication, yes. you describe KXP as a nationally recognized arts organization that champions music and discover discovery through its broadcast service. That's, that's, that's like, isn't that just a fancy way of saying like really kick-ass station? It, it is that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so yes, and. Um, I think... The, you know, it is a bit of a mouthful, but I think the intention behind it, the spirit behind it, is to focus less on the technology and more on the service that's being offered. So the station really tried to, I think, create a place for um, recognition about what change it was trying to make in the world versus how it did it. So that's why it is a kick-ass radio station, but the service that it's actually doing is bringing music and discovery into people's lives. So that was kind of the spirit behind it. But it is not all great. And to jump ahead of uh, the story a little bit here, I mean, there seems to be a, a core that you are concerned about social issues or social change or doing social good. Um, where Do you know where that comes from? Is I mean, is that were you born with that? Did your parents make you volunteer for organizations <laughs> as a kid? What? I No, it's a good question. I, I guess I've always just wanted to try to give back. I find that, you know, I've been very lucky in life, had pretty stable, you know, upbringing, and there's a lot of, you know, work that needs to be done in our world, and I hope to make positive contributions in it, so I've always kind of just been personally motivated to do that. Well said, well said. This is Phil Bussey, it's the Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM, and we are speaking with uh, Kim Irvin from Pyramid Communication. I'm going to just skip your title because it's... It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I do all sorts of communication things. And now, after working at KXP, you, you made the leap uh, to a social media agency, Spring Creek. I did. And, and social media agency now seems maybe commonplace, but at the time, like, that was a big deal. It was. It was kind of... So I had, at, this, at, the, at the radio station, I was responsible for helping um, manage the social communities during fundraising drives and things on air efforts, and I kind of recognized a need and an interest, well, I guess an opportunity around, like, our Facebook page and our Twitter communities, and there's, like, suddenly there was this kind of sea change happening where we could really talk one-to-one with donors, with listeners, with all sorts of people, and have a true relationship and interaction with them in real time, and so I found it really fascinating, Um, and so I got the opportunity to kind of go deep into that space and really try to wrap my head around how communications was changing, um, and I felt like social at the time was something where that was where everything was headed. So and the opportunity came up, and I kind of left. Um, and, and you felt then that social media is where everything was was headed. Do you? This is a big question. Is that still where you feel like it's all headed? I think I do think that it's really fundamentally shaping how and when people, how and where people get information, um, and how they you know relate themselves and with each other um, to other people. So I think that, yes, it is still 
um, going to continue to grow. I like to think of it as we were at one point in the information age, and now we're in the relationship age, and social media has really kind of, I think, brought that about. Um, and we're getting a lot more people who are able to have platforms to share their opinions. We're learning more about people. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't want to let you just skate right by that, yeah. because that was a big statement, and I'm sure there's entire college courses being touched up. We were in the information age, mm -hmm. and now we're in the relationship <laughs> That's age. how I am understanding it. That's my sort of hypothesis. And you're talking about more than Tinder here. Yes, more than Tinder. More like how this like kind of interpersonal connections that are now happening online. People aren't necessarily going straight to Google. They're going to Facebook to say, where should I, you know, I need a new hair product. What do you like? Or I need to figure out a new charity to donate to. Who are you guys giving to? Who are you interested in? People are now seeking out that information from their peers and colleagues, as opposed to uh, you know, just going to Google and taking whatever the search index shows up. So, you know, it's going to really change, I think, how and where information is shared and sourced. And, and so looking back, uh, when you started at Spring Creek mm -hmm. uh, and what was happening then, does that already seem like the Stone Age to you? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, that, I, I started back there, gosh, it was only a little over five years ago now, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, but at the time, it was blogs and forums. That was where things were really happening. That was where companies were spending their marketing dollars and spending time. Um, and obviously, now it's it's really to totally social channels is where people are dedicating their time and spending time because that's where everyone you know who has a smartphone in their pocket that's the first thing they're checking, and so that's where people are going to and spending most time with. Is there any irony in the, that, that a lot of the agencies you work with, some are social services, person-to-person, yeah. -person, some are art organizations, and they're trying to get people in front of art or art things, but you're doing it through screen time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it, it's irony. It's more about adapting to where, where and how people are spending their time nowadays. Um, and so the messaging and the what you have means of communicating is changing. But I think that the you know access to information is actually you know more bountiful than ever. People are, are kind of engaging and seeking out things in new ways. So I don't think it's ironic. I think it's just more of an we're adapting. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Nonprofit Hour Show from the Media Institute for Social Change. This week, we're listening to a live talk that Phil Bussey had with Kimberly Irvin of Pyramid Communications. Recorded live this past Thursday, October 22nd at our annual gather event at Mississippi Pizza. We'll be back with more of that interview after a short break. Come on, 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 come on,
Pushing, leaning, scratching vainly Faces dancing, lock-lipped Between thighs secret Briolette tears drip from frozen masks As all those death row questions don't get asked This is Phil Bossi. It's the Media Institute for Social Changes Nonprofit Hour. We are speaking at from Mississippi Pizza with Kim Irvin, and who is with Pyramid Communications. And now we've been talking about some of your background and how that has has uh, traced some of the changes in media and communications and social media. Now, I mean, certainly we all know media has changed in the last decade or so. Um, your job has obviously changed over the past ten years, but what has stayed the same? Are there elements of getting the message out for a nonprofit or for an organization that are staying constant? Yeah, I mean, I, I am always, and my colleagues will attest to this, I'm always harping on the foundational elements of you need to know what your, what your business goals are, what your communications goals are. You need to know at the end of the day what change you want to make in the world. And then you need to clearly understand who are your audiences. And once you have those sorts of elements found in, and those are tried and true, those aren't going to necessarily change over time, but, what, but just the means of how you connect and achieve those goals have, have changed. And so you have to think a little bit more creatively uh, and also be willing to recognize that people have an opportunity to actually respond in real time to what you're saying. And I think that sort of culture change is happening where people, you know, 10 years ago were comfortable putting together a press release or putting together a piece of, you know, a print piece, setting it out there, and there wasn't really a way to easily hear back from people. And now we're in an era where that interaction is immediate. Um, so that's fundamentally changed. But I think the sort of intention and thoughtfulness behind how and why you do that, that's, that's ever-present, that's true. Yeah, I think that question in particular about who your audience is, like you're saying, has become so much more specific. That, it, that you weren't just shouting out into the back into a vacuum. So I think it's actually a really positive thing that you can, um, it, I see it as a huge opportunity. That was actually one of the you know, reasons why I was drawn to it is because it has a, there's the potential for people, people who are invested in organizations or a company or a particular product, they have the opportunity to actually shape the future of those products or of those organizations. There's a real kind of interconnection that can 
that's made possible, I think, through some of these tools and channels, if can, you take advantage of it. <laughs> I want to I get a little bit more specific. Can, can you talk about uh, a client or two that you currently work with? Yeah. And, and oh, you're excited about I, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what you do for them. Yeah, um, well, right now, we're, let's see, a few of the clients that we're working with um, locally, uh, we're just kind of starting work um, with Meals on Wheels uh, people, an organization here locally that's about trying to serve senior citizens and make sure that they're fed and not experiencing social isolation. So we are going to help basically create a multi-channel um, branding campaign to help elevate the importance of the work that they're doing within the community and the people that they're serving and try to get more people interested in getting involved with the organization. So that, you know, from my perspective, how I'll be you know, participating with that is helping them think about the channels to best connect with the audiences that they're trying to reach. Um, because the channels, you know, nowadays, one channel is no longer sufficient. You have to really try to to get yourself in a lot of different places because audiences have adapted and they're using, they're going from one screen to the next. They're not necessarily picking up some of the traditional media that we're, that we're used to, so we have to think a little bit more creatively to get their attention. Um, so we'll be trying to unlock that puzzle, which should be fun, um, and it's a great cause. And, and, I just, and, and along those lines, I mean, when you're talking about uh, me, meals, meals on Wheels, meals on wheels uh, so you're trying to reach on through different channels. Are you fashioning, are you customizing then each story or each message that you put out for, for each channel, or are you? Yeah, yeah, we really, I mean, I think that in order to have the most resonance, you really do have to adapt to the norms and means of, of those particular channels, especially when thinking about social media. There is a different kind of community expectation on Twitter than there is on Facebook. People interact with them in different ways. So you need to, as such, tailor your messages um, slightly. The intention and the concept and the ideas can be consistent over over time because consistency does help make sure that your messages connect. But but how and where you tell those stories and what time and what means and how frequently, like those things all adapt. Okay. And, and is there another client you can talk about? Yeah. Um, we're getting, we're working um, on a campaign for um, actually, it's going to be rolling out here shortly, but we've been working with the Washington Park Transportation Management Authority and trying to think about a new way of helping them articulate themselves to the community because that name is a bit of a mouthful. So, so we've been helping them um, figure out for Washington Park how to better communicate to people in the Portland area about the alternative um, transportation options and ways to get to and around them. So thinking about, again, multiple ways. People are either in the park and so only available through mobile or they're maybe doing research online before they head to the park, so trying to connect with them where they're at um, through various means, whether it's a website, whether it's social media, um, maybe for traditional transportation advertising methods. Um, so we're helping them with that. Um, we should be launching it more probably in the next few weeks. And, I, and, I, and uh, tangential to that a little bit, but I think what's really interesting about what how, some of the work you do with some of your clients yeah is that it's not just about making an ad campaign. Right. But I see it, it is also about you train uh, some of the nonprofit staff on how to talk to government officials or how to talk to, to their donor base. Like, there's a lot of training that, that's going into, you know, you know, teaching a man to fish sort of idea. Yeah, absolutely. I think because we're familiar working with nonprofits, we recognize that the kind of needs really adapt and change depending on, you know, 
if you are trying to influence government or if you're just trying to help a general public be more aware about your organization. Again, that's where that crystallization around your audiences really becomes like it's something that we can't try like kind of trumpet enough. Like you really have to just saying everyone is not good enough these days. You really need to be crisp about it because the strategies that you need to use to reach them are going to be so different now that there are so many different ways of communicating with people. Because we're in the relationship, the relationship age, age, not the information age. <laughs> <laughs> this is Phil Bussey. It's the nonprofit hour. We are joined with we're joined with Kim Urban from Pyramid Communications. I, I have some more specific questions. So is Facebook dead? <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be dead anytime soon. I think it's evolving. I think the need, there are, you know, a public company now and they have, you know, financial stakeholders um, and boards that kind of, that they're accountable to in a different way than they were three years ago or four years ago. So there's going to be changes with how people interact with it. Um, and they, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that they have, you know, a billion and a half people on the platform and it's growing still. Um, people who, you know, Facebook demographically is aging a little bit, but probably more because they're expanding, you know, the reach of people. People are now seeing it as a, a way to keep in touch with everyone and anything. Um, so I don't think it's dying. It's just evolving. <laughs> does that make your job more difficult or does it provide opportunities? I, I think it does. I think for nonprofits in particular, it does. Because does make it more difficult. Does make it more difficult because of the urgency and the sort of focus that Facebook is putting on um, paid advertising, trying to, to really make the system monetized um, and profitable. So there is from nonprofits that have obviously really lean budgets, and um, you know they're trying to make decisions about how and where to spend their resources most effectively. It can be a bit challenging because of things like the Facebook algorithm kind of works against them. Um, so there. You have to get a little bit more creative about how you go and reach people that way, and and creating content that is not necessarily you know a novel, but it's a little bit more bite-sized and consumable. And so sometimes it's hard with nonprofits because they're so passionate about the issues um, and the causes that they for sometimes forget that Facebook is really someone's trying to hear you know see their nephew's picture in the feed, and so you have to kind of recognize where people are at and what they're looking at and try to figure out content that meets them where they're at. I want to go back to what you're saying about bite size and usable. Can, are you ever just pissed off like at Twitter and being like, "Why couldn't you've done 160"? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're just like, I actually love the brevity that it forces. I love it. The fewer characters, the better, because it makes you, it forces you to get focused on what is the most important thing that people need to know. And so I actually, I, I love it. <laughs> I know it's frustrating for others. <laughs> I'll ask the same question though, is, is Twitter uh, dying or becoming less relevant? And they've just had a huge layoff yeah. and massive, not massive, but a sizable downsizing. Mm -hmm. um, is it becoming uh, less effective? Is it something that, that organizations should be investing thoughts or energy into as far as a, a channel? I think, I mean, again, it, I, it's always going to come back to who are you trying to reach. Um, we know that Twitter is a dominant channel for you know, kind of media, people trying to consume information around news and, and um, issues in the communities. I think that Twitter is going through a big kind of reboot uh, now that Jack is sort of officially taking over as CEO. Um, he's already um, 
announcing, and he's only been a formally CEO again for the last week, and he's just donated a third of his stock back into the company for developers to go and give grants to you know focus on innovation. Today, he announced that. So I think that it'll be really, I think they had a rough go, and there's going to be a lot of change that's going to be happening in that company in the next year because they recognize that they can't be Facebook, so they have to figure out how to innovate and be best at what they're, at, what they're best at. Um, they still can't, I mean, you can't talk Twitter for real-time information and news. Um, even, you know, TV watching. People want to watch The Walking Dead and tweet about it with other people who are watching The Walking Dead. So I think that once they figure out how to really make it accessible and not overwhelming for people, because um, it is an intimidating platform if you're first on it, if you, if you haven't experienced that tidal wave of tweets, <laughs> it can be a little bit of a shell shock for people. But, um, but yeah, I, it'll be really interesting to see how they, they sort of reboot everything right now. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Nonprofit Hour Show from the Media Institute for Social Change. This week, we're listening to a live talk that Phil Bussey had with Kimberly Irvin of Pyramid Communications. We'll be back with more of that interview after a short break. This is Phil Bossi. It's the Media Institute for Social Changes Nonprofit Hour. We are speaking at, from Mississippi, Pizza with Kim Irvin, 
and who is with Pyramid Communications. And, and, and is there uh, an avenue that's emerging that, that you're excited about? I mean, uh, is Instagram someplace that you're recommending for clients? Is, is there something that we haven't heard about yet that, that only social media insiders know about? Well, I mean, I, I personally think Instagram is a huge opportunity. They're starting to figure out the, the means in which to you know, leverage things like linking people back to websites and stuff. That's been the real, I think, barrier for a lot of brands to get up on Instagram. But now they're starting to figure out new tools to overcome that. And frankly, Instagram is just, I mean, it's the most engaged channel overall by far, far and away. Um, people are more interactive with the content there than on any other social network right now. Besides maybe Snapchat. Snapchat is another one that is also up there in terms of engagement level. That's what the kids are using, That's right? That's what the kids are using, yeah. Um, and so I, I personally think Instagram for, a, for an organization perspective is really a powerful tool. It, it, think it requires a different level of storytelling um, yeah, in visual ways. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I, I, I am having a hard time connecting on, like, how would an organization use that with, with what seems like sharing photographs? How is that going to, beyond just engaging or alerting people that your organization's there, what what are you drawing out of your audience? It, it challenges, I think, organizations to more to focus more on showing, not telling. So using imagery to tell stories. And I think it's a discipline that not a lot of traditional marketers or communicators have. Um, but it's nowadays it's so easy to have, uh, you know, take a pretty good quality photo with your iPhone. And so thinking about what are the in-the-moment opportunities that you see that can help demonstrate your experience of in the here and now, this is what's going on. So if you're a nonprofit and you're trying to think about um, giving people you know, access to, maybe it's the story of a volunteer or you know, something of someone working in the, in the, kind of in the moment, or it's something about you're at a fundraising event and you want to give people an inside look at what's going on at the event for people who aren't able to participate. Or it's you know someone a, you know a short vignette or story about um, someone that you're serving um, that's maybe a teen in, uh, you know kind of a teen organization where you're trying to provide them with healthy, safe um, kind of community options or something. So there's a variety of different ways where I think you can can give people a peek about what's going on in the everyday with your organization, just do simple photos. Is there a concept of oversaturation, of doing too much and putting too many things out there? That's a good question. I think it comes down to, uh, it depends on the channel, um, but I think that it comes down to more, is, is the quality of what you're putting out there valuable? Are people engaging with it? Are people um, commenting? Are they sharing it? I think looking at those metrics along the way can help you understand if you're actually improving, like are you seeing an increase in interactivity, um, or if you're seeing people unfollow you. Um, and that can give you a kind of a sense for what your community is tolerant of, um, because it really does vary depending on what service it is that you're trying to communicate about, or, um, or I guess you know what people's tolerance levels are, familiarity and comfort are in these different types of channels. Kim, it's, it's been really, it's been fantastic talking to you. It's been really interesting. You sort of brought a certain uh, sanity and clarity to the social media world for me. I appreciate that. No um, problem. I, and I know this may be unfair to say, like, can you 
close out by giving one or two pieces of advice to nonprofits as far as you know how they could better use social media? Yeah, um, you know, I'll come back to it again. I think that social media is often an afterthought for a lot of organizations. It's something that's tacked on at the end of like, oh, oh, I need to tweet today. I forgot to do that. And because there are so many other things to do. So I would, I would focus on taking the time up front to be really thoughtful about how and why you want to use those channels and who you want to reach so that, you know, at the end of the day, if you, you know, your boss or kind of CEO or um, kind of communications director comes up to you and says, what's going on um, with social? Why are we spending our time there? You can really clearly understand it relates to this business goal, this business objective. And we want to have, you know, we're actually con connecting with and reaching these people and kind of taking the time to actually look at your analytics, um, which are now very available through all these channels. Um, so actually taking, whether it's even just once a quarter or something, just taking a scan so that you can arm yourself with information about how, you know, how effective you're being. And then the other thing is, I think often we get a little bit frazzled with we have to be everywhere all the time and it can, be, it can feel like a bit of a hamster wheel to try to keep up with. But um, I would say be honest about what your capacity is um, to produce good quality content. And don't let your goals and objectives help you select where and how you focus your efforts. Because you can only do what you can, what you have capacity to do. Um, it's not, it doesn't do you any good having six different social channels and being up on everything if you're not actually able to provide people with content um, and, and help to you know, tell your story on a consistent basis. So it's better to focus your efforts on one channel and do it really well than just kind of fry yourself trying to trying to keep up with everything um, and there'll be other channels. Kim, Kim Irvin with Pyramid Communication, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. This has been Phil Bossy for the Mount Blackford Award. Is that
that be chillin' downtown Oh, for the people that be into what we do Yo, check it out, cause we black and positive I suck a negative from you I got many rhymes format From the back of the brain Interluding with the powerful matter Scatter your brain, you're fallin' Yo, check out what we do, we be all in On the microphone, never stallin' Rhythm is my ride for the voyage of the mind Exclusive rhyme patterns, what we design I am my own Picasso in a row Rhyming is my art for my heart and soul We positive when I'm seeing Break bounce with the new blend Original to the end Taking it all for no reason They fell off at the attempt to elevate They try to duplicate the art that we create So activate communication for the world Shocking your mind with rhymes Doing it like what will Like this here Rocking it like what will Like this here Shocking them like what will Like this here Rocking them like what yo, will Yo, yo, it's like this here, yeah